Welcome everyone to Obstacle Races New Zealand podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us this time. And yeah, what have you been up to, Stephen? What sort of training have you been doing recently? Uh, not much at all, really. <laughs> it's a little bit hard staying motivated, as I say every week. Um, nah, I've just been doing uh, back to boot camp three days a week or three mornings a week and uh, doing running a couple of days of the week. But uh have got no events until uh, end of January and um, probably winding down for the Christmas break, I suppose, still working from home, still still in lockdown here in Auckland. So, uh, yeah, like a bit hard staying motivated. How about yourself? Um, yeah, I've, been a, I've got one event coming up, which is awesome because there's so many have been cancelled. have Alpha Challenge coming up in start of December. So I've still been keeping that at the back of my head, trying to make myself go running more for it. Um, but just, just the other week, I did a, I was trying to do a speed workout. So I did some 1km, um, what do you call it, intervals. So Interval like, training. Yeah, trying to one run a K at my you know race pace and then take a break and run it again. And I was, I was time pushed for it. So I only managed to do 3K, like three repeats um but i was shattered by the end of it it's, <laughs> it's hard mm. and the, the workout i was following online was how to get faster for a 10k and they were suggesting doing eight you know intervals eight times one k's i'm like man i was exhausted after three <laughs> it was a good workout though so i might try and do that again um try and push myself up maybe do four or five next time four and five. yeah, yeah you training is good it is good a bit of speed work and hills hills is another one i like going over to Cornwall Park or uh, Mount Eden and just running up and down the road. It's about 700 metres, so mm. 600 metres, but you get 100 and, for Auckland, anyway, 150, 130 metres of elevation. So you've got to do a few to get a bit of a, a bit of hill work. Yeah, I'm lucky enough to live right <coughs> some hills in Wellington. So most of my runs are hill runs, actually. So I'm in Newtown, which is uh, in between like Mount Victoria and Mount Albert. Um, they were about maybe 200 meters elevation each. Um, yeah, so hill, hill runs are, I love. I'm usually quite good at that, but trying to work on the speed side of things recently. What I did do is I watched um, Breaking Two on Disney Plus. It's about uh, when Nike set out with uh, three runners to try and break the two hour barrier. Oh, I've heard a lot about that, yeah. Uh, it was quite interesting how they went about it and how they picked their three runners and how one of them didn't uh, in the movie didn't actually make it, missed out just slightly. But a few a uh, few months later, they had another go and uh, was happy. Oh, was close enough to breaking it. I think in London next time. But it is quite if you're into running and different types of running and seeing what the African boys do mm. and girls, buddy, live and breathe it. Yeah, I think I was listening to an episode of Obstacle Racing Media. And they were talking a lot about it, um, and they're like mixed opinions on it. Or they were sounds like the running community globally has mixed opinions on because they're really pushing the technical side of things. Like when they're using um, drafting and yeah, and yeah. they were they and they say it at the beginning. They are do, taking every possible advantage that they possibly can to break the two areas. Like they had a V formation of runners in front of the three of them to try and break the wind down they had a car in front of them with the 
traveling at the correct speed. Yeah. Uh, they had Nike, all the latest Nike gear. They did months and months of training and all sorts of different things to increase their um, get point point zero zero one percent of the increase in certain things by different hydration schemes. Oh, it, it certainly is the high end um, of the sport, but it is uh, they are still amazing athletes. Mm, that's They're fascinating. To do that. Yeah, to run it. What was it? 15 mile an hour for, no, no, it has to be 17 mile an hour, doesn't it? Yeah, only something ridiculous in to go sub, no, 15 mile an hour, yeah, to do it. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> You'll have to give it a give it a watch. Yeah, it was 55 minutes of uh, downtime during the week. Nice. We don't have any, any raises to talk about, uh, well, that have happened in our part of the world, but... Uh, the uh, interview this week is is quite good. He's uh, a Kiwi living in um, Oman. No, UAE, UAE. Jeremy Robinson. Man, it was quite a good chat, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fascinating. Um, yeah, he has a lot, lot of interesting things that he's done as well, OCR-wise. Um, we didn't have a lot of time to talk about a lot of them. Like, uh, talks about running a trifecta in one day. And uh, what else did he do? Doing like the first hurricane heat in the Middle East and some other fascinating things that we didn't have time to drill into, really. Um, but yeah, yeah. talk a lot about like Spartan race in general, like what it's like over in the Middle East and compared to New Zealand and in the OCR scene over there. Um, yeah, I, I learned a lot. It's, yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, it was good. He's a global ambassador for Spartan in the Middle East. Uh, he's a SGX coach for Spartan. Yeah, he certainly is in the Spartan world thing. But I was quite surprised at how many events he gets to go to in and around that area. Like, I just didn't believe OCR or Spartan was going to be that big in the Middle East, like three hours drive, and he can go to one nearly every second weekend. Yeah, it's amazing. And you talked about the government games. So there's a an yes. OCR, wasn't it a series or an event just for government workers only? Yeah. I'm like, we, we didn't get a chance to ask about that, but that's... Mind blowing <laughs> that you have oh, no, an OCR event and there's enough people to do it. It's mm. awesome. But there's enough there to go back to him, um, especially after the uh, Spartan World Games or Spartan World Series that's going to be held in uh, Dubai or somewhere over that part of the world uh, in the beginning of December. So getting back on early in the new year and drilling a little bit more and find out a bit more about uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, so that's we're releasing this interview now because, yeah, the World Championships, the Spartan World Championships mm. are over there in December. Um, so, yeah, we'll learn a bit about it leading into the championships. And yeah, before the interview, do you want to bring up now? We'll talk about uh, qualification criteria for Spartan Auckland. Um, we mentioned it a little bit in the interview. But Spartan Auckland was announced as the New Zealand National Championships for Spartan. Uh, which means it became a direct qualifier for the Spartan World Championships. Um, and then New Zealand got obviously got postponed a few years, so we haven't really found out how that works in practice. Um, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully Spartan Auckland 2022 is going to have the same qualification criteria for Spartan World Championships 2022, and we'll see if the championships are over in the Middle East again. Yeah, well, I, I think after anyone who listens to uh, the uh, Jeremy's uh, little 
discussion, I think uh, there'll be a people lining up to go because it certainly sounds an interesting place and uh, the racing sounds different to anything we would get in this part of the world, especially oh, racing in 40 degree heat. Yeah, and sand dunes. And, <laughs> and sand dunes and having to worry about scorpions. Yeah, so I, I believe there's it's going to be 80 qualification spots coming out of Spartan Auckland yeah? for the World Championships. Okay. Which is crazy. I mean, 80 people qualify. Um, I suppose that's 40 each. If the maths is correct on that, because that's, they give the qualification, they say three per age group. So that's that's the maths being, there being 10 age groups, the Spartan. However, Spartan Auckland only has uh, three age groups. Yes. So that's assuming they are taking the top three in the normal 10 age groups. Which Spartan usually uses and are using at the World Championships. Um, but yeah, Auckland's doing the top 10 elites qualify, top 10 males, top 10 females in the elites at Auckland qualify for the elites at the World Championships, and the top three in each age group and each gender qualify for age group at the World Championships. Um, so no information about how that's going to work in 2022 yet, but hopefully it all stays the same. Mm. See a lot of Kiwis qualifying would be awesome. We should uh, try and get hold of um, someone from Spartan early in the new year and have a chat to them before, um, once we know that date's set and uh, it is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Just Because even in the, the New Zealand National Championship for Spartan, <coughs> there's still not a lot of information. No. Uh, like, we know it's happening and we, it's going to be the super. Beyond that, I don't know how it's going to work. Like, is it, is it the entire super? Like, is it all the, all the elites and all the age groupers or is it just the, a separate race that I, yeah, and, uh, don't, don't know. <laughs> It'll be and yeah, then there's the from Spartan. The so trail race that's uh, one that's sort of a little bit dark and muddy at the moment. We don't know what's happening with that, if it's going to happen, where it's going to happen. The Spartan oh. Trail, which you've signed up for, and I have intended to, but uh, luckily it all got canned before I'd uh, given them any more money. <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah, I mentioned that in the interview too that. Spartan Trail for Auckland. It's, uh, I think, under review was the term Spartan used, and they they pulled it from their website. There's no date for it. It's not postponed. It's not cancelled, <clears> and there's been no mention of refunds or transfers. So like, I I paid my tickets for it. Um, yeah, zero word from Spartan on what's happening. I'm like, and if they're going to offer refunds or transfers, there's it's just in limbo, and it's it's kind of ridiculous at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully they should be back to. Back in the office now in uh, in Australia because I see um, they've got a race this weekend, have they, or next weekend? It's uh, Tyrone Tyradon in uh, Victoria, I think, is on at the moment. I did see that somewhere. Mm-hmm. All right. The the only results I did find, and we talked about a little bit earlier, was the world toughest mudder results. The twenty uh, four hour race held in um, the US. Uh, yeah, before we go into those results, we got a, some guests coming up on the podcast too, the World's Toughest oh, okay. Participants yep. from New Zealand, um, yep. who've competed in previous years. So, uh, yeah, listen out for that. It's going to be fascinating to hear their thoughts. Uh, but, yeah, let's go into the results for 2021. So, in the uh, elite solo, Katie Knight won it, did 18 laps for 90, 90 miles. In 24 hours and four minutes. 
Amelia Boone did 85 mile, 17 in 23.42. And Aaron Roast did 85, 17 laps in 24 hours, 59 minutes. Uh, have you got the men's there or do you want me to scroll down and find them? I've got the men's here. Yeah, so first was uh, Mark Fatras. Should learn how to pronounce these. Um, but he finished 23 laps, 115 miles, uh, 24 minutes, 24 hours and 18 minutes. Uh, Trevor Siskaris, uh, 22 laps, 110 miles. So it's one lap behind first place. Uh, he finished in 24 hours and one minute. And David Fox was third at 21 laps and 105 miles. Also only one lap separating first, second and third. Um, and he completed that in 23 hours and 55 minutes. Yes, so we must find out if there was any Kiwis in the race over there. Because I know, like you said, we've had a couple of people on that have done it and they uh, and a couple of people coming up, I should say, um, and they've raved about it. Um, one of the guys we've got coming up probably early New Year, he's uh, planning on going back. But it looks like a, a great event, that's for sure. Yeah, sounds incredible, just hearing stories about it. And it's yeah. Insane <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know if any Kiwis entered this year. I haven't heard anything, haven't seen anyone uh, posting, maybe due, just due to COVID and the borders being closed and closed, national yeah. travel restrictions. Yes. All right, well, shall we cut to Jeremy and um, instead of us two waffling on, listen to, listen to a uh, Spartan from uh, the UAE? Yeah, it's going to be a long one, long episode, but it's totally Enjoy. worth it. Enjoy. Joining us today on the podcast, we have uh, Jeremy Robinson. Um, so you've been racing OCR around around the world since 2014, and a bit of stuff I found out about you. You messaged earlier, so you're Spartan SGX X coach, excuse me, um, Spartan Global brand ambassador, and the Middle East and the North African Spartan brand ambassador as well. Um, and you're a Kiwi. Almost forgot that part. Um, yeah, so where, where were you? You were born in New Zealand. I was born in Ashburton, actually, um, just out of Christchurch. Um, and then spent uh, nine years there, then moved up to New Plymouth. Um, and spent the rest of my, my time there, I guess, until uh, I think uh, I, I moved away to Palmerston North, did a bit of time there. So I sort of bounced around a little bit. Um, and then got married, had a couple of kids, and decided it was time to move overseas. So 2007, uh, moved over to the United Arab Emirates, where my wife had a job over here, working in education, and I was working in architecture and construction. So uh, that, that was, the, I guess, the beginning of, of my big OE. And... Uh, up until then, I was not really into any sports. Like I'd, I'd done martial arts, um, karate, um, and, and sports through through school, um, but nothing really competitive until I got here. Hmm. So your wife is from 
Is she from UAE or she's from New Zealand? So my wife is from New Zealand as well, and both my kids were born in Palmerston North. Uh, my Sorry to interrupt, uh, Max here. Uh, there was a small section in the interview here where Jeremy's mic cut out and we missed um, a second or two of what he was saying. And there are a few other sections during this interview where the connection quality is not so good and we, we lose a second or two of his audio. Um, but, but overall, I think you can understand what he's saying and the interview overall, we get the gist of what he's saying. Um, so yeah, enjoy four months and one of them was four years when we left New Zealand. So they've pretty much grown up here. My, my oldest one is now 18. So she's uh, about to head off to university um, in February. So we've, um, we've managed to get through the uh, lottery that is MIQ. And um, we, we arrived in New Zealand on Christmas day to uh, do seven days isolation and uh, then the three days uh, home isolation, which is good. Uh, I don't know if I could do 14 days with my 18 year old uh, in the same room. <laughs> but, uh, and then, uh, yeah, she, gets, she goes to university. So uh, that's a big chapter in our lives, particularly since we've been together. We're pretty tight family for, for the last 14 years. We've been together, traveled together all over the world. Um, so yeah, that's, that's going to be slightly different. Oh, well, so you're all moving back to New Zealand or you're coming over here to get her settled. I'm just, yeah, I'm just coming over to help her settle in. Um, so I'll be there for about a month. Um, unfortunately my wife will not be able to come over. She's, um, she's working in a university, so they have pretty, um, restricted times when they can, uh, leave, uh, take vacation, uh, and a month is, is pretty unusual to take vacation from, from work here. So uh, she's going to be staying here with my uh, youngest one, who's still got school at that, that time. So um, because we're in the Northern Hemisphere, we have different school years. So she starts in June, um, or she finishes in June, and then her sort of summer break over here is June to September. And then she uh, she goes from September um, onwards, so she'll be in school still. So it'll just be me, and then I fly back to the UAE. Um, I've still got work back here as well. Mm. So are you still architecting, or are you now full-time coaching? Three years ago, I, um, I was uh, managing an architectural company here. Uh, it was a multidiscipline company. Um, and uh, then just the economy was not going great and they had to shut down two of the offices and unfortunately one of the offices was mine. So I was made redundant three years ago. I went back to university. I decided look, I'm going to get some more qualifications, went back and I've been studying for the last three years. I'm just about to finish another degree. Um, and in that time I looked at supplementing my income, so I went into doing boot camps um, with a, a, a fellow uh, PT, and uh, we just started community boot camps, really, just to get people off the couch, you know, the old Spartan ethos, um, and, and, and just getting people fit, um, catering to different levels, 
from beginners to, to uh, those that wanted to compete in uh, OCR, really. So that's what I've been doing for the last three years is, is PTs, boot camps, um, and then specific Spartan race um, training over the last maybe six months because we have not had races for maybe 18 months. Um, because of COVID, everything just basically got shut down. The government put a stop to any sort of competitive races, which was good in a way. Um, and now they've just opened up everything. Um, our cases here, uh, at, at one stage we were getting 3,000 cases a day, um, but now we're down to something like 60 cases which is fantastic. The government's done an amazing job in this country, honestly. Um, and and if I can say, I'm I'm very disappointed with the way New Zealand's ended it. So uh, so yeah, um, we've just opened up races. Uh, our first race was October the fifth, I think it was, and then we had one last weekend, October uh, November the third. I think it was October the 9th your one was sorry I've got athletes open it was the only way I could find out what you've done yes so, so you did a 5k Spartan that'd be nice <laughs> so it was um I mean now is our our season so uh it's a bit cooler it's uh although it was still probably 28 29 degrees on that day um Last weekend was, was probably um, much better. It was probably 24 degrees, so, and it was a sprint and a super. Uh, unfortunately, I was warming up, and uh, I pop in the, in, the, in the back of my leg, and uh, that was it. I, uh, I pulled out of uh, those races. So... Um, Luckily, I was able to, man, we, we've got some activation areas in the Festival City um, where we can try some of the obstacles um, that were going to be in the World Championships. So I was uh, used in that as uh, a coach to uh, show them the spear throw, tyre flip and the Z-wall. And if they completed that, then uh, they uh, went in to get a free ticket to the uh, World Championships. So um, we had a little bit of a mini obstacle course for them to do. Okay. Oh, that sounds interesting. So the World Championships, that's about to start soon, isn't it? Isn't that in November? September 3rd to the 5th. Um, and it's about two hours away from Abu Dhabi. Uh, in the desert, so the Moreb dunes. Um, it's basically a massive sandpit with, <laughs> with like these dunes are enormous. Um, you'll be you'll be climbing for for hours. Um, so we're pretty excited about that. Uh, first time that the World Championships have been out of the states, I believe. Yes, I think it is. Oh, I was just going to say, so before we get too carried away about, what do you call it? how did you get into obstacle sports or where was it? Oh, you said it was while you were in the UAE. Um, so can you fill us in a bit on how you got into it and what drives it? 
So, uh, as, as Max said, 2014 is when I had my first uh, obstacle racing event, I guess. It was, uh, it was Men's Health Urban Athlon. That's what it was. And I've still got the T-shirt, and I've still got the medal. Um, and it was held at, um, we had the Formula One racing track here on one of the islands. And it was just held there. It was just um, sort of a looping around the, the Formula One track. And they had some, um, you know, climbing walls, carries, um, and then we also had to swim across the um, the marina a little bit. Uh, that was my first introduction, and I just sort of never heard of this obstacle racing before. Thought I'd give it a try, and uh, ever since I've just been addicted to it. So uh, from then, I just was looking for the next race. Uh, so the next one, I think, was 2015. It was another whole year before um, Spartan actually arrived in the UAE. Um, so 2015, I did Spartan race. Um, Tough Mudder also arrived around 2015. Um, and then I guess it just took off in the, in the area, in the region, there was, um, they had some local ones. Uh, they had one called The Shaman. They had one called Mahmoon. Uh, Desert Warrior was another one. Uh, then they had Night Races as well, which was fantastic. Obviously, here it was uh, the temperatures during the day, you know, you get up to 50 degrees. So um, having them at night was a different experience. Um, but they have a lot of money, so every the track there were lights or there were uh, glow sticks or uh, you know everything was just lit up. So um, it was fantastic. Actually, I've done maybe eight, uh, which is cool, and then it just progressed from there. It was just every year there were there seemed to be more and more races. Uh, at first, I started um, in the open category, um, and then as I progressed, I think I did one elite and thought, no, this is not for me. Uh, competing against guys that were half my age, uh, just uh, it was fun, but you just didn't get that sense of achievement, I guess, coming in at uh, uh, 50 or 20. So I moved into the age category where... Um, I believe my age category, which was at the time, I think it was the 40 to 45, was the most competitive age category there is in this region. It's like the 40-year-olds had got their career, the, the kids had grown up, moved on, and uh, they had time to get fit and race. So uh, it's, it's actually a really competitive um, uh, category that we're in. And so I think it was 2008, uh, things really started to take off. I, uh, I went to Oman. We did a trifecta weekend in there. Um, I participated in the first hurricane heat in the Middle East region. Uh, so that's, a, that's another sort of area that uh, is completely different to, to racing in Spartan and more of an endurance team building event 
um, which I really enjoyed. Uh, again, something different than racing. Um, and then I, I guess a reputation sort of grew out of that. Uh, and I was asked by Tough Mother to be an uh, obstacle tester. So when their events came over and they were set up, they invited me along uh, to make sure that their obstacles were, were safe um, and, and just make comments whether they are hard or not. Um, and also that then progressed, we have another event called the Government Games, which uh, is a three-day event of obstacle racing uh, for all the government entities in the UAE to participate. And these obstacles are large. It's it's kind of like a mixture of uh, American Ninja and um, and obstacle racing. There, I guess, 2000 and it might have been late 2018. I decided to become a SGX coach um, just to keep within the Spartan family and. Um, you know, I'd, I'd really enjoyed being racing in Spartan, so I, I thought it was time to sort of give back to the community as well. Um, so I thought, look, I'm going to get um, certified. So did did the uh, Level 1 coaching course, and um, that was over a weekend event, and uh, also had to do my foundation course as well, which um, was not easy. If you've never been, if you've never done PT, or um, some qualifications in, in fitness for someone who's you know new to that. Um, I really had to study. Um, there, there was a lot more to it than what I thought. Um, for one, I think just really gave me a bit of a boost. So with that, I also um, continued my racing. Uh, I went to the Philippines. Um, for the Southeast Asia Championships and raced over there. And that, that was, I, I think that was a highlight of my racing, actually. Racing in the desert for the last sort of four years and then going and racing in the jungle was absolutely amazing. And, and, the, and the Philippines itself was just such a beautiful country. At the time, they had a super typhoon. So that weekend... We were supposed to race uh, a Friday and a Saturday. The super typhoon came through the Thursday night and absolutely destroyed the course on the Friday. So what they did is they put the sprint, super and beast all on one day and you had to race those three races on the Saturday. So we turned up six o'clock in the morning we started off with the uh, sprint, finished the sprint, sat down, had some nutrition, <laughs> had some hydration. About half an hour later, jumped up, ran the super, and then um, again, did the same thing, nutrition, uh, hydration, and then half an hour later, we ran the beast. We must have run close to 50 Ks, um, but, the, the the elation of finishing the beast, I think it was it was all, it was twelve hours of racing. It was six till six. Such an emotional time, you know. Uh, I guess if you've if you've run ultras, you know, 50, 50 plus k's 
or even the um the what's the uh the Spartan version? Spartan Ultra. Sure, yeah. It was it was similar to that. Um so done that, um, raced in Ireland. That was a, another great experience. Uh, again, just a different terrain. Um, absolutely freezing cold. Um, someone coming from the desert. Uh, we don't do well in, in, uh, in, in, the, in the rain and the cold. Um, but managed uh, a good placing, so then qualified for the European Championships as well. Um, I've done two... And I'm looking forward to, to going to the World Championships in, in December. Um, I've also done two hurricane heats now. And uh, the wraps up my ra racing. Um, but as I say, getting my um, SGX coaching and then moving into becoming a Spartan regional uh, ambassador and now global ambassador promoting Spartan um, wherever I can, basically, yeah. And that sort of, I guess, wraps up where I'm at now, um, making contact with whoever I can, inviting them over to to come to the World Championships, trying to make that um, just an epic event in, uh, in a, an amazing country, honestly. Mm. Yeah, no, looking at your photos on Instagram, it certainly looks like it uh, It would be a, a brilliant place to to visit. Um, I've been to Dubai. I haven't been to anywhere else, though, so I'd like to go back and have a look around. And the Philippines, I, I'm glad you like that. I, me and my wife lived there for a little while, and we loved it. Um, and I'd go back tomorrow if I could. It's a beautiful place. But luck, unluckily, when we were there, in 2012 and 13 spartan or even obstacle racing wasn't wasn't big and we were in this southern part of the country uh, absolutely amazing uh the people were, they were wonderful even running on the course you know they're just so encouraging um and it's just really taken off we've got a lot of filipino um people families here in the uae and um you know once you say oh I, I raced in uh, the Philippines, and then they say, "Oh, where?" and and then, uh, "Oh, that's where I come from." And and uh, you know, it's it's that's what I like about Spartan is that it, it creates a community, and and you sort of look forward to going to the next race because you you only see that certain person every month when you go to a race, and and it's, it feels like you, you haven't been separated. You just pick up the conversation where you left off. So. You know, that's what I, I really enjoy about um, the Spartan. And, you know, I'm sort of getting to an age now. I love racing, yes, but it's more about um, the community. So although I was disappointed that I had to pull out of the races last weekend, um, I got so much more enjoyment out of actually meeting a lot more uh, athletes, competitors, through the activation event that I was uh, in charge of, um, you know, getting your name out there. Yes, that's great, but it's 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 teaching someone how to throw the spear properly. I mean, that's always a um, a burpee maker, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they they no one wants to do burpees. The spear is usually the last uh, obstacle, and no one 
really feels like doing burpees after they've run 5K, 10K. So, yeah. you know, teaching them how to nail that spear and the smile on their face, I mean, that was enough for me. So just on that, um, you have a lot of Spartan events around close to you, do you? It's starting to take off. As I say, now's our season. So we've got uh, one, one a month at the moment. Um, and then in the new year, so we'll probably go January, February, March, maybe April. We've probably got another one a month. So we'll have one. I hear there's rumours about one in Bahrain, uh, which, again, is another amazing place to run. They've got a little bit of elevation, although it's an island elevation, but you get to run through the wildlife sanctuary with um, ostriches. So uh, that's that's quite an experience. Um, they're looking at doing another one in Saudi, um, and they have got some real elevation in some of the mountains. Um, and then they'll probably do another one in Dubai. So we're, we're looking maybe three, maybe four um, more races um, as, as we go into the new year. Okay. Oh, well, that's certainly a lot better than we get here in uh, in the NZ, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I didn't realise Spartan was so massive over there. And Spartan World Championships moving there, it's quite amazing. Because uh, New Zealand only has one a year at this point. <laughs> Hopefully we'll, we'll grow. Uh, we had, I mean, New Zealand context, we had Spartan here 2019, the one race. And heard rumours that it was sort of a test race to try and grow see what New Zealand was like, uh, but then obviously COVID hit um, and we haven't had a second Spartan yet. Um, but fingers crossed for 2022 that Spartan will return. I think New Zealand is a fantastic place to host uh, obstacle racing. I, I think the terrain, the, the, the different terrain that New Zealand has um, is just is suited for Spartan racing or any obstacle racing, um, just following your guys' Facebook page and and seeing the different events. Um, I, I, I'm disappointed that I was never there when, when these sort of things opened up. I'd love to come back and race in New Zealand and, and seeing there's what the ultimate... Ultimate athlete. So I've been following that uh, I think they started last year. Um, so that, that's one that I, I, I've been looking at. Uh, actually, there's, there's quite a few races here in the UAE who follow it and uh, wish that they could go to New Zealand and race as well. They just look at the terrain and they just think that that's perfect. So um, I'm hoping that Spartan takes off a bit more in New Zealand. <coughs> my, my brothers did race in the... Uh, the one that they you had in what 2019? 19, yep. Uh, we also had some friends go from here and race in it as well. Um, to do to improve, I can tell you that. Um, the, the the comments from people that went from here, um, uh, they were a little disappointed with 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 the event. But again, I mean, it was their first one. I said, look, it's their first one. If you think back to Spartan Arabia's first event and, and compare the two, they're probably on par. So, um, you know, the, it, it requires a lot of logistics. Um, I believe the, the obstacle um, markers 
that, that come from all over the world. You know, the people that set up um, the, the obstacles here, they are not local people. They are uh, Spartan International that come over from the UK or um, the States and they set up the obstacles here. So I, I understand there's a lot of logistics behind it. And um, But I, I would love New Zealand to have at least three or four events uh, uh, to do with Spartan. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, we're, we're lucky here. It, it's really pushed. Um, the government is behind it. So the Abu Dhabi Sports Council is, is um, sponsoring this World Championship event. So the government is actually really behind getting people off the couch, getting people active. They've done, um, you know, we, we still have uh, Tough Mudder here, um, under Spartan, obviously. Um, we have the Spartan Trail Runs here. Um, and then we have all the smaller uh, local ones, as, as you guys have, the, uh, the Wanaka and, um, you know, all these other um, events. So... Uh, obstacle racing has really taken off here over the last four or five years, which is it's fantastic. Mm. I just hope COVID hasn't done too much damage here in New Zealand because it was just starting to take off. Um, and we've had a couple of conversations with the CEO of Spartan Australia in New Zealand. And um, he, he was prepared to do three or four events to see if we could make money out of it. Um, they they've had several goes at trying to do it since their second one their first one but and even ultimate athlete they struggled they had to cancel and move events this year several times um so hopefully it'll all come together in 2022 and we'll be back to the new normal sick um i know that um i mean we last weekend we probably had a thousand competitors um we were actually sold out um, which was fantastic for Spartan. But in saying that, I don't think that they make any money. I think they may break even. And our, our tickets here are expensive. We still pay US dollars. Um, I think for the, um, just as comparison, the, the US championship, oh, sorry, the world championships, I think an open ticket for the sorry we missed that you cut out on us the beast ticket is 250 us dollars okay so who 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 um runs the spartan there is it a is it a um uae company or is it comes from the uk or somewhere else in the middle east um spartan arabia which is a locally run uh, company or franchise part of franchise the Spartan brand. brand, yeah. Yeah. So everyone here um, is locally sourced. The the I guess the the regional manager is from Canada, um, who he did Spartan over there, worked for Spartan in Canada, but he has a very tight connection with the the, the main Spartan brand. So he goes away on their, their weekends and uh, he's, he's in touch with them and, all the time. So, um, okay. yeah, we're trying to trying to build a bigger brand here, definitely. Oh, that's good. And it is a good, they do put on a good event. We've uh, spoken to several people who 
have um, raced multiple other things, and, and they always speak highly of Spartan. We're just annoyed here that we had it at Ellerslie Raceway. Um, we do have so many other good places that could have been held. Uh, now it's moved to um, Barry Curtis Park, so that's a bit of an improvement. But uh, hopefully uh, within a year or two they'll be able to get out into the countryside a bit and show off a bit more of uh, New Zealand's natural um, areas. And, um, like last weekend we had it at the, the zoo, city zoos. Um, it, there was a sprint, which was majority of it was running through the zoo. Now the zoo is, is massive and I think it's, it's probably like the Auckland Zoo. Um, so you were running past the animal cages and, um, and and then you sort of go out. We have a bit of a wildlife sanctuary as well and come in and out. The 10K, um, because of the zoo's location, it's actually at the, the base of a large, I'd say, hill. I can't say mountain because I come from New Zealand. Um, uh, so there was a little bit of um, change in terrain. So you were running up and down uh, the, the, the terrain a little bit. But we have um, some larger mountains, I guess, uh, in the centre of the um, the country, which having obstacle racing out there is absolutely amazing. The, the terrain out there is rocky. It's goat tracks. There's no greenery. There's no, no bushes or anything like that. So once the sun comes up, it's, uh, it's quite intense. But as you say, Spartan puts on a good event. They had water stations, they had food stations, uh, you know, it was almost every one kilometre, one and a half kilometres. Um, so they really, really know what they're doing and they, they make sure that people are looked after. Uh, uh, the festival area, um, again, this might be because they have the money, they have um, massages, they have um, a medical tents that uh, people get a rub down. Um, you know, they, they make sure because of the the temperatures here as well that, that everybody's hydrated. So there's plenty of free water, free um, electrolytes, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, they really do a good good um, race over here. And it would be amazing if you guys could come over and, um, you know, check it out. Yeah, well, a couple of the people in um, the – NZ um, OSA were talking about going to the the World Championships, but because of what is happening here in New Zealand at the moment, we don't actually know when or if we'll ever get out of the country. Uh, getting back in is a little bit easier, but not hugely um, easy at the moment. Yeah, by the sounds of it, next year should be better. Are the championships going to be over there next year? Do you know? Is it a multiple year deal, or is it? Not announced at this point. Announced at this point. Okay. Do you think they'll hold it back there, or it'll just depend on how this one pans out? Exactly that. If if it's if it's a good event, um, pushing to hold it here again. But I mean, if you read um, a lot of the comments um, from outside of this area. Um, particularly from, from the States. Um, a lot of people are not very happy that it's moved out of the States. The States is obviously one of the, uh, they draw the most amount of Spartan competitors. 
So for them to travel over here is, is a bigger cost. And I think uh, people's perception of this area as well puts them off. Um, you know, I follow a lot of the comments and I think it's uh, or people feed off what the media gives them. And um, to be honest, this is one of the safest places that you could be in the Middle East. Um, they, are, they are very um, respectful of other cultures, uh, other religions. Um, they, 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 I mean, one of the comments is, is the way that they treat their, their women here. And I can tell you, my, my, I have two daughters and, and my wife works with locals and she is treated with the utmost respect. Um, and there are a lot of women in leadership in this country. So um, that aside, I, I think I would love for it to be here for another three, uh, two, two, um, two years. Um, I think that's what they intend to have happen, but it all depends on how well the event goes uh, this year. Yeah. It would be awesome to get some more Kiwis over there. Uh, and it is the Spartan World Championships. It's not the North American Championships. As much as Americans want to complain. Um, my wife's American, so I can, I sort of talk bad about Americans sometimes, but I know what you mean. A lot of, it's sort of their culture to be quite, uh, American-centric. Um, a lot of them will complain if the World Championships move outside of the US. But uh, I think that's some of the benefits of sport, what you were saying about uh, people's perceptions of the Middle East and some negative connotations there. But that's one of the benefits of sport, I think, is that it can um, bring people together, like around the world, and expose people to different areas that they may not know about. And you know, people can travel, and athletes can travel. And it's quite a unifying thing, and hopefully Spartan you know, moving outside of the US can do that. And and on your comments about it, I, I've been lucky enough to travel to a lot of places in the world and I love love the Philippines as well. And the Philippines has some bad press, but bad press sells newspapers. Good heartwarming stories doesn't. And you only have to look at, what do you call it? They take a little bit of Israel and they blame the whole Middle East for that. Um, and that's all they get on their news in America, because I worked for an American company for on and off for 20 years. Um, that's all they get. They don't get to see the other 95% of what the country's like, uh, which is sad, really, because it's where they take they take all their um, thing from. So they would have a um, uh, a teams event at the World Championships for for countries, but. Uh, I'm not too sure that they'll be doing that. Kiwi um, that I that I race with, he lives in. Um, he, he usually comes to our um, Middle Eastern events as well. Uh, Ryan Ryan Pedden, and uh, he was actually he went to the trifecta championships uh, in Greece, and uh, I think he represented New Zealand over there. Oh, okay. Vice captain, captain for New Zealand for the Spartan Trifecta World Championship. Ah, we have to get him on the podcast. <laughs> There's so many Kiwis out there doing awesome stuff that 
yeah, we're not aware of. There are. We, we, we've probably, in, in the region here in Abu Dhabi, we've, uh, we've probably got mm, actually really competitive Kiwis. Um, I mean, it's in our nature to, to, to do sport, you know, so once we go, once we find something, we, we're all gung-ho and we, we just put everything into it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I think um, there's another guy, um, he's in the age category just below me, so, uh, but he's fast, fast Kiwi guy, fast. Um, and he's really smashing it. So I'm, I'm hoping to move up to the next category once he moves into mine because, uh, as I say, it's, it's competitive. So do they still – what is the age groups you have in Dubai or a, um, a, 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 um, your part of the world? The age groups. So the, the youngest one is, I think, 14 to 18. And then we go right up. I think they break them up into – sort of five years, uh, right up to, uh, we have guys racing that are 55 plus. I'm 55 plus, And I'm now in the, with the 40 year olds because Australia and New Zealanders go just 40 plus now. So I'm very disappointed because I was doing well in my age group for a long time. And now I have no hope of keeping up with a 40 year old. I have no trouble keeping up with a 45 year old either, but. <laughs> So, yes. Uh, we have, and we still have um, podiums for first, second, third for each age group category. Yeah. So, um, which is fantastic. I mean, yes, the 55 plus category might have two people, but we still celebrate their wins. Oh, hey. Well, I went the ultimate athlete you just talked about earlier when we went to um, Mount Monganui. They went 60 plus, and there was one woman and two males in that age category so yeah you've got to celebrate it it's the only way you're going to keep people in it that's right a lot of people come for the t-shirt and the uh the medal but a lot of people come for just the community oh yes yeah and i have to admit i spoke to chris from uh, spartan australia new zealand um earlier this year and he that's one of the things he said is they make sure they don't concentrate on the elites because elites don't make any money for them mostly they've got to give them the entry to get them there um and you've got to have it be inclusive across all ages and genders and um most people come as a team or a group just to finish it and, and it's getting a t-shirt a medal and um in this part of the world a can of beer um don't and, that. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so so you're right with that. It, it, it is, and me and Max have talked this with several of our guests, and it is all more of it is about the the social side of it, the camaraderie. Um, we had the couple from Alpha Challenge on a couple of weeks ago, and they take groups to Australia, and they've taken a group to Hawaii, and it's more about just going over there and racing as a having a, a great weekend away and and doing something. Exactly, and that's what we've done when we um, when we went to the Philippines. There was a group called OCR Freaks, and uh, there, there was probably about oh, a dozen of us that we all just went over. Part of it was to race, um, but part of it was just to have a good time as a, as a group of athletes um, together, uh, exploring a new country. A and the same when we go to 
go to Oman, um, you know, a group of us go and, and we camp in Oman and, and, and we race and we have we have a great time as, as uh, a community. Um, but just in talking of the, uh, the elite athletes, um, we, we have, I guess, our location makes it very accessible for um, athletes to come over from Europe. So I don't know if you know um, Sergei uh, Perligan. He um, he raced in the uh, tri. I think he raced in the trifecta championships. He came second. Um, whenever they had them last, um, Richard Heisnick, We have him coming over. We've had um, Bracken Kraken come over. Um, so we 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 get a. Uh, quite a few uh, elite guys coming over because they they think it's an easy race. Um, but th- I tell you that the terrain, the the climate, uh, breaks them. And um, if you if you don't come over and and try and run sand dunes, you're gone. You're gone. So uh, I do believe that those guys coming over for the world championships may underestimate the terrain here. Um, r- running those sand dunes, I mean, we, we do it weekly. We yeah. go out, we run sand dunes um, as, as training. Uh, you should see the size of calves on these people. Um, so the elites, yeah, it's fantastic to have them over here, uh, but don't underestimate it, really. And sand, people do underestimate sand because that ultimate athlete was held on the beach at Tauranga. And Max, you were there, you were officiating. And I've never run on sand so far in all my life. And I, I would have given up after 5Ks. It was <laughs> killing my legs. I could hardly walk. And so many other people said that was, it was on the beach. It should have been easy, but it isn't. Once that sand gets soft and churned up a little bit, it's like running in quicksand. Running in sand dunes is probably a hell of a lot worse up five steps back you know it's it's you you go nowhere and and people have asked me so how do you train like people outside of the area how do you train i said do you have snow yes we've got snow we'll go train in snow because it's it's similar thing you know you're just sort of digging your way through um but a lot of these local local boys here um you know they they they're like camels they just glide across the sand um and they are fast. The local boys are fast. So uh, it's going to be an interesting time. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's a three-day event. It, yes, it's far away, but they're, they're supposed to be putting up a, a tent city out there so we can all sort of congregate and stay out there. Um, there's a few hotels out, out in the area as well. So the, the World Championships are going to be uh, very interesting, uh, exciting. Um, a night race, super night race, it's something a bit different. I don't think I've done a, a Spartan race at night. Um, but they're, gonna, they're pulling out all stops. I mean, Joe's uh, decena has been over here quite a few times promoting it. Okay. So I'm not looking forward. Yeah. Oh, well, hopefully they will do a second one um, and give me and Max and a few other Kiwis a chance to to get over there. It's a Max. Um, you know, part of my role was to basically 
sell tickets. Um, you know, we want to make this a great event. So I said, look, if there's anyone thinking about it coming from New Zealand, um, I'm, I'm prepared to to give them tickets, basically. Discounted, massive, heavily discounted. Uh, a little bit of a plug, but hey, I'd love to see more Kiwis over here racing. But I understand with MIQ and quarantine and, um, you know, myself, I'm going through the same thing when I arrive in December. I completely understand that it's unpredictable. Oh. And like, I'm an Aussie and my wife's a Kiwi and we live here, but we can't go back to Australia because there's no guarantee she can get in and then there's no guarantee that I could come back. So uh, we're just staying put and not, not trusting anything. So, uh, But hopefully, we're hoping next year we'll go back to not normal because we're not going to go back to normal for a long time, I don't think, but things will open up and, uh, and be a little bit easier to get around. Well, what they've done here, and obviously we're in a, a different sort of political system, but um, every racer has to be vaccinated and you have to have a PCR test before uh, the day before you, you race, which in a way is good. You turn up to an event, you know that everyone has had a test and has had a negative result. You know that everyone is vaccinated. So, okay, we still wear masks, uh, not, on the, not on the course, but around the festival area, um, but they've got your safety in mind. Um, and that's the reason why we've been able to open up all these events very, very quickly and Barton race every month. But in between, we have um, urban ultras running, you know, 20 to 100 k's. We have, uh, we've just had the T20 cricket here. Um, we've had Ironman races, World Championship Ironman. We've had, um, what else is there? Oh, you know, just local events, running for cancer, running for diabetes. All these things have come about because, you know, it's mandatory to be vaccinated and, and have a PCR. Now, I understand that might not go down <laughs> as well in a, a democracy, but um, it's worked here. And, and, you know, we're so grateful that, that the, okay, the government's made us do that, but now we're out, we're racing we are, you know, 60 cases uh, a, a day. Um, you know, we, we're currently, I think, zero deaths in the last sort of week. So um, take what you want from that. Yeah, hopefully next year New Zealand, because New Zealand was doing an elimination strategy, you know, closed the border off, they, mass events couldn't go ahead. Um, but New Zealand's moving over to relying on vaccinations um, and opening up the country again and allowing events to go ahead. Um, so us being in the event space, being into OCR, like it'll, yeah, it'll be good for the sport to see all the races come back. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully it pans out good. Um, but I was wanting to ask about your earlier point, actually, you talked about offering tickets to the world championships. So fingers crossed it goes back to UAE next year, the world championships. Um, be awesome to get some Kiwis over there, actually. Um, if it does come back and you want to try and incentivize some Kiwis, we're happy to promote, you know, getting tickets through you. But when Spartan comes back to New Zealand, it's going to be the New Zealand National Championships. Even though we only have one Spartan in New Zealand, it's going to be the National Championships, which will be awesome. Um, but because of that, it's going to be a direct qualifier for the World Championships. So I think both 
elite and age group can qualify directly out of Spartan New Zealand, um, which will be awesome. So yeah, things go ahead next year. I mean, there may be a bunch of New Zealanders qualified in New Zealand who may want to take the next step and who may be looking to compete in Spartan Worlds. And, um, you know, if it is back here and, um, you know, I'm now, I'm now working very closely with, with the Spartan Arabia um, team, uh, it's something that we could definitely look at to fall into line, but uh, it would be fantastic to have uh, a, a good contingent over here. I was going to ask, what, what uh, date are you expecting um, the New Zealand's uh, Spartan races? 14th of May is what it's penciled in for at the moment. Uh, if you are thinking or anyone else is thinking, because it's Spartan is the 14th, and then the week later is Ultimate Athlete. Um, they did actually end up being on the same day, but uh, people, a couple of people had a chat with one another and then decided that they would move them a week apart. It also makes it easier. Well, they're also hoping that Aussies will come over for do Spartan, have a week looking around, do Ultimate Athlete, um, and then um, maybe stay a bit longer. But yeah, that's what the date is currently. I question why they do it in the winter time. Uh, Spartan because of Australia's uh, schedule. Yeah, it's to do with Australia's schedules, but it is also to do with. Um, when I spoke with Chris, it was all to do with they had a deal with um, Auckland Tourism and it was getting a venue that had to be in the, in the city um, and Ellerslie Raceway isn't used at that period of time. Now that they've moved out of Ellerslie, they may be, may be able to change the date moving forward, but it, it does align with uh, New South Wales and then moving the stuff to Queensland so they can shift it around and because um, they to put it all in containers and bring it over from Oz. So he was talking that if it does happen to go off here, he will look at purchasing a lot of gear and keeping it here, um, especially if they can tie in with a couple of other events organisers to use it as well. So part of uh, our job with the NZOSA is trying to help build that trust between event organisers so that people can um, share some amenities, so to speak. Uh, the events that they're having, are they going to have uh, Trifecta or the uh, uh, HH or anything like that? Um, a sprint and a super, and they have had a, there's a trail, but the trail is TVA. It hasn't really said where it's going to be. And I think you signed up for it, didn't you, Max? But we've never heard anything. I did, yeah. I'm a bit annoyed by that. <laughs> Spartan's a bit difficult the past few years. Um, but they announced the trail for New Zealand trail run, um, and then they removed it from the calendar. Never, never said anything. <laughs> and then later they sent an email out after they removed it saying, "Oh, we, it's under assessment. It's not not officially cancelled, not officially postponed, and I've been gotten a refund, even though there's no date." I, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's also a hurricane heat and coming to. Yeah, okay. I was wanting to ask you about that as well, because you took part in the first hurricane heat for the Middle East and like a little bit about what we could expect for New Zealand. Oh, and um, I was actually looking at training to be a cryptaya, which is one of the, uh, I guess, leaders of, of a hurricane heat 
or training underneath the the uh, they call them. <clears throat> Um, and that's something that I would like to pursue, uh, especially if I come back to New Zealand. I, I think uh, I have uh, two family members who were in the military. My father was in the military. My brother was in the military. So I sort of have a, uh, an understanding um, and background in, in that military style of operation. And the hurricane heat is the four hour anyway. So they have a four hour, they have a 12 hour and they have a 24. So I've done two four hour uh, hurricane heats. That four hours is all about teamwork. It's you um, turn up with, uh, they, they give you a, a gear list. You have to have all that gear, otherwise you fail. Um, and it could be that you have to bring a brick or you have to bring a tomato or a paper plate. They have some obscure object that you have to bring and they will make you use it in your um, forum somehow. I think the one that I went to, we had to have uh, just a roll of duct tape. And, and obviously you have um, some, some paracord, you have uh, a multi-tool, uh, some standard equipment. And in that four hours, they put you through maybe uh, half a dozen tasks that you have to complete as a team. So I think we had uh, 100 participants in the first hurricane heat, and then they split you up into sort of groups of 10. The first task that we had to do is that we had to create a way of suspending a 70 kg tire using paracord and then someone was supposed to sit in it while we sort of carried them one kilometer and then once we got there they changed up the teams then we had to do um i think it was 200 burpees in unison and then they would move to another point and we were in the surf and we had to do flutter kicks and it was kind of like a uh, Navy SEAL military team building uh, e event um, and at the end of four hours you all march back into the festival area as one big team uh, and everyone graduates and gets your your dog tags and uh, your t-shirt. The 12 hour and the 24 hours so they can do what's called a, a 3X uh, a HH3X so you do the four hours. At the end of the four hours, you have an option of going on and doing the 12, so another another eight hours. And then after that, you have an option of going on and doing 24 hours. They break it up into, as I say, teamwork building for the first four hours. Then the second eight hours is all about mental uh and then the last is trying to break you physically or push you push you to the point of breaking, but not breaking you. We haven't had a 12 or a 24 hour here yet, uh, but we are having what's called the Agogi in the World Championships. And that is a two day event and they cover all those mental, physical, spiritual side of you and try and bring the best out, I guess, 
take you to the point where you question everything. Uh, I think that's that's the whole point. Unfortunately, I can't do that this year. Um, uh, those are definitely some other events that I would I would be looking at doing. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's, um, so I'm not signed up to the. There's a four-hour hurricane heat coming up in New Zealand as part of the Spartan race next year. Um, I'm signed up to it, so uh, it's good hearing what to expect, and I'm um, I'm excited and nervous. <laughs> it sounds scary. We can go ahead for a 12-hour in, in the future as well. To do with mental fortitude, physically, if you're a racer, if you're a racer. Physically, uh, you will not find it a problem. Um, you're used to carrying sandbags. You're used to carrying uh, logs of wood. You're used to um, picking up stuff. That that's not the issue. I think it's the mental fortitude. Make you know when when people say right, you're going to do 500 burpees, uh, and we're going to stay here and we're going to do it in unison. Uh, that's when your mind goes, can I actually do that? Um, and, and you find out you you actually can. You, you your body will 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 keep on going. It's it's whether your mind is is, is in the game. So um, it, it's a, it's a, it is a fun event, and uh, you think four hours is um, is going to go quick, and it doesn't. It doesn't. You you you're you're. It's a hard slog. Uh, uh, I'm going to be honest. It's a hard slog, but you'll enjoy it at the end. You'll come out and you'll just go. That's something different, uh, but one achievement. All right, Max. Shall we wrap up for now? And um, have you got any other questions you'd like to ask, Max? No, I think covered a lot, and it's been quite fascinating. Is there anything else you want to say, Jeremy? Have we not asked you something that you'd like to tell us about? I've um, poured out a, a lot of information and. Um, you know, got got uh, hopefully got you guys excited about Spartan and, and possibly coming over here. And uh, no, this has been fantastic. I'm I'm absolutely um, you know, I, feel, I feel privileged to be uh, asked to speak. Thank you very much. We've enjoyed our chat. It's um it's good. And maybe before the or after the World Championships, we'll get you back on. You can give us a bit of a rundown on what happened. And uh, I'd like to. Um, make it to New Zealand if, if quarantine opens up and there's no quarantine uh, come May I, I would love to come back to New Zealand and, and race there as well okay well thanks for that I shall well but we almost almost forgot oh almost forgot the most important question which is kind of unrelated to OCR <laughs> but the, we've been asking everyone who comes on the podcast at the end um, if they could have coffee with any person, uh, dead or alive, who would it be and why? This was a really hard question, to be honest. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've been racking my brain because there's so many people that I, uh, I look up to but or have inspired me, but who would I have coffee with? Um, and currently in, in my 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 training and my lifestyle at the moment, I'd honestly have to say, and this is a, it's, it's, it's Hunter McIntyre. And okay. I'm sure you know Hunter McIntyre. Yes. Yep. Yeah. The guy is an absolute beast. I just, I follow him on um, Hyrox. I follow him on OCR. 
I, uh, I also follow him on his training system. He has a training program. Um, the guy's, although he's a bit taller than me, he's about the same size as me. And um, his training is just insane. And I'd love to sit down with him. I know he's a very honest guy. He doesn't pull punches. Uh, one of my mates here has, has also interviewed him. And I watched his interview. And the guy just, he knows his stuff but he just doesn't pull punches. And if you, if you got it wrong, he'll tell you you got it wrong. So I like that honesty, you know, yep. and to sit down with him and to have a chat with him and, and to hear the honest truth would be fascinating. And and who doesn't like a porn stash and a dirty mullet? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. He is a character in the, in the whole OCR world and uh... – he, I've heard plenty of interviews with him on different podcasts, and yeah, he certainly would be uh, one to have a chat with. Okay, well, thanks again, Jeremy, and um, we will have you back again sometime. Thanks, Jeremy.